my whole goal is not to be like, you need to do this and this and this as a parent. My goal is to say, here are strategies that I find work. And if things are not working the way that you're doing it, try this. But I'm certainly not trying to tell people that there's a right and a wrong way to do things and to shame them. Hey, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Sarah Rose Whaley on ways to drop the shame, guilt, and resentment we feel in the toddler stage by implementing gentle parenting strategies to bring more joy for everyone in the family. Hey, mamas. How are you doing today? I am really excited to bring you this episode with Sarah because there is so much goodness in here and so much information to really prepare you for dealing with those feelings of guilt and resentment and shame and all those other emotions that come up when dealing with toddlers having tantrums and just other emotions that you know we have never been exposed to before becoming a parent so we discuss toddler behaviors that are common like hitting and biting and we go over how we can better address them and we talk about how what sarah teaches is 30 percent actually addressing the toddler's behavior themselves, and 70% bringing awareness and consistency to the parent's behaviors. Sarah struggled with infertility at the start of entering motherhood herself, and she was so thankful and just absolutely loving motherhood, still is to this day. She has two little kids, and she wants parents to feel that same joy when it comes to their own family dynamics. And with her background as a board certified behavior analysis and developmental therapist, she brings a unique perspective on how we can holistically navigate and improve life during the toddler struggles. So pop in those headphones, turn up the volume, and let's get this episode started. Hello and welcome to Entering Motherhood. We are so happy and excited to have you here today. So how about you go ahead and introduce yourself for our listeners? Yeah, so I am Sarah Rose Whaley and I am a board certified behavior analyst and a former developmental therapist and a parent coach for toddlers, which is what I do completely now. And I am also the mom to two toddlers, um, ages almost four and almost two and a half. So I am very fully personally in the toddler stage. Yeah. So what were you doing before? And then when your kids came along, how did that kind of adjust how you were serving moms or parents in general and how it's transformed into what you do now? 
Yeah. So being a mom has absolutely affected how how I've parented, of course, um, but how I how I've helped other parents. Um, so as a developmental therapist and a board certified behavior analyst, I was working with insurance or working, you know, with um, state programs, and so dictated by boards and insurance and you know so many different rules um, that are not necessarily in the best interest of the client and certainly not always in the best interest of the whole family. And so I would work with clients um, and I was, you know, only working with the child, providing just very, very basic parent training. Um, And I found that there were so many things getting in the way of parents being able to implement strategies and it's things I talk about a lot. So mom, mom guilt and burnout and parents not being on the same page with parenting, all of these things that affect how you parent. And insurance doesn't really care about that. <laughs> um, and so I couldn't really address it because it wasn't part of uh, you know, my behavior plan or it wasn't part of my insurance had allowed. And so when I became a parent, I saw all of, saw how clearly all of these things were affecting parenting um, and wanted a way to provide a more holistic approach of helping families. And the biggest part for me is that I love motherhood. It was my dream to become a mom and we had infertility. Um, and so I guess I always get emotional, but becoming a mom is like literally my dream come true. And I love the toddler stage and I know that it is such a hard stage for so many parents. Um, so my goal is really to help parents have it be a more joyful stage in their life and to help them really set a strong foundation that's going to lead them through the rest of their parenting experience. Yeah, I think, you know, we did not have issues with infertility, but I have spoken with people that have. And I think, you know, that appreciation kind of comes with it, but also it's that like, well, you tried so hard for this, like you should be appreciative of it. And it's like that double-edged sword, I guess, in a way of like, well, I fought so hard to be a parent and this is what I always wanted. And so like when you get into that actual role and you, you know, feel something differently, it could be a hard thing to really go through. And even, you know, not dealing with infertility and going through it, like wanting kids so badly and then kind of being like, wow, this is hard. And, you know, I don't love every moment and it's, it's something that I'm struggling with. I think it's, it's one like hard to admit that and like share, you know, that you are struggling. And then I think ultimately though, yeah, we all do want to enjoy the every moment and we want to get to that place so what did you really find, you know, in, in your journey? Was it something that clicked right away? Was it something that, you know, you had to work hard with? I would say a lot of it for me did click quickly, but I think some of the relationships part of it were harder. And then of course that affected me as a mom. So a lot of like the mom guilt. And when I say the relationships part of like, I felt like I felt confident and I had been around so many babies, you know, through babysitting and being a nanny and everything and developmental therapist. And so I was constantly providing my husband with quote unquote feedback, which 
was making him feel like I was constantly critiquing him and micromanaging him, which was, of course, not my intention. I was really trying to help. But what that did was to make him pull back. And then it caused a lot of resentment between us. So then when I did want to leave and wanted to take a break, I wasn't feeling like I I was feeling guilty because I was like, well, I don't know if he can do it or like he's feeling resentful. It's just causing all of these other emotions. And so he called me out on it, which, you know, it was was a little hard to hear (laughs) Um, because I was like, well, I'm not trying to micromanage you. I just know I know what to do. But when I was able to back off and let him establish that relationship, then I was able to leave and I didn't have all the mom guilt because I completely trusted because he was figuring it all out himself and he figured stuff out that, you know, maybe didn't work for me, but it worked for him. So that was like a big way that I was able to address my mom guilt um, was to trust him more and to, and to back off. (laughs) Is that something that you found with working with parents? Like maybe they come to you and they're just completely overwhelmed and they're like, tell me how to do everything. And you kind of have to, you know, give them some guidelines, but then allow them to really figure it out themselves. And like, have you seen that click for them, like with working with with parents in general, moms maybe specifically, like like being able to see that for themselves? Yeah. And I, yes, because I feel like one of my biggest goals is to empower parents and especially moms um, and to make them feel confident. And yes, I am a parenting expert. But there are a million parent, parenting experts, and we are so bombarded with expert opinions on literally everything that all counter, you know, that all go against each other. And I think a huge part of my coaching program is to give parents a confidence to f- figure out what works for them. Um, so I have people all the time that are like, I thought I should do, you know, such and such, but everybody said I shouldn't. And I'm like, but if it was working for you, then do it. Like, I don't care. My whole goal is not to be like, you need to do this and this and this as a parent. My goal is to say, here are strategies that I find work. And if things are not working the way that you're doing it, try this. But I'm certainly not trying to tell people that there's a right and a wrong way to do things and to shame them. Yeah, I think, you know, that's a huge thing. And I think sometimes we feel like there's a right or a wrong way. Or maybe, you know, I am guilty of watching videos or, you know, looking at strategies and it's like, oh, you should say this instead of this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, well, I've been saying this the whole time. Like I messed up my kid. (laughs) I'm a bad mom, you know? And it's like that like never ending, you know, story that you play throughout your head. So like, I love hearing that advice of like, there is no right or wrong and here are strategies, but like, if it's working for you, this is what's healthy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, a a huge thing that I talk about is that behavior change happens. I believe behavior change happens from a place of compassion and grace. And I feel like so much, both for the toddlers and for parents, Um, And I feel like so much of parenting advice is shaming and just making parents feel like crap. And I hear this all the time and that I don't think that behavior change effectively happens from a place of feeling like crap. (laughs) Yeah. 
So can you kind of walk us through maybe, you know, when you start working with a parent, what that would look like? Yeah. So the first thing um, I always say my program, so it's a 12 week program and about 30% of it is toddler behavior strategies and learning all of these, you know, how to deal with uh behaviors like hitting and biting and kicking, how to increase listening and decrease tantrums, those kinds of things, like logical consequences. And then 70% of it is about the parents and and getting them in a good place mentally so that they are able to implement all of these strategies that take a lot of awareness and a lot of consistency. So I always, I start with just learning these basic strategies And then I talk a lot about finding your family values um, because it's really hard to parent in line with your values if you don't know what they are. (laughs) And it's hard to be on the same page as your partner if you haven't ever talked about what page you're on. (laughs) Um, So that's really where I usually start with families. um, And I find that the majority of families have not talked about this. They might have thought about it, but they've never sat down. And that's a, a big part of why so many parents are on, you know, maybe in different books, not even just on different pages, but, um, you know, really on, on completely different areas of how they want to parent. Yeah. I think communication is a huge thing that I think me and my husband have always kind of been good at, you know, even when we were dating, like way before kids, like we were very open and ready to communicate about stuff. But I think like, as you know somebody longer, you kind of get in that habit of, shouldn't they know what I'm thinking? Or I've said this so many times, like, how are they not getting it? And I think, you know, just being able to communicate effectively, like over and over and say, like, you know, what you're thinking, even when you think they know what you're thinking. (laughs) Right, right. I think it's like one of those things where like, we have to kind of continuously work on and there's always going to be like new things that come up in parenting that we've never come across and it might be kind of you have thought of a way to handle it and they don't agree with that and so how does that affect child behavior when they're getting two different viewpoints or not a I guess cohesive way of parenting between both parents Yeah. Yeah. So I see a lot of like bad cop, good cop. And then a lot of, you know, one parent is parenting in a more like authoritarian way. And another parent is parenting more in like a gentle or authoritative way. Or, you know, yeah, having different rules for the kids. And it what it does is just create so much confusion for kids. And then it plays parents off of each other. And that tends to increase resentment because, you know, one parent said something and the other parent undermines them. And now they're going to, it's going to turn into this whole thing between them. And the child is probably not going to listen because they're getting told two completely different things. So they're obviously can't listen to both of those. (laughs) So we work, one of the things I work on that again is like towards the beginning of my program and kind of under that family values is what are the family rules? So I have parents sit down and they come up with, here are the most important rules in our house. And if it is on that piece of paper, it means that both parents are 100% on board. So even if you know dad is doesn't really care about it and mom does, 
they have to work together to compromise and come up with this list. And then by, by putting it on the list, they are agreeing that they are fully, they have each other's backs and they are teammates. And that's a lot of what I do is like trying to change from like bad cop, good cop, or, you know, this is the disciplinarian and this is the fun parent to we are a team and you get to both, you get to both discipline, but you also both get to be the fun parent and have fun and joyful moments with your toddlers. How early do you feel like you can start to compile a list like this? Um, I think really early. I mean, I work with parents with older infants. So um, as young as I think the youngest I had was eight months. Um, And there are things like sleep training, like where are you going to be on that? Or how are you going to handle schedules? Or are you going to tell your your baby 10 times to not touch a cord? Are you going to get up and go over and move them and redirect them? Like things like that you can go ahead and, and be working on and that could go on a list. And that causes a lot a lot of, um, you know, issues between parents, things like that, or, um, you know, feeding schedules, how strict does this schedule need to be? All of these things start from, you know, really from day one. Yeah. Because I was just thinking like, it might not even be a bad idea to really start addressing those things like while you're pregnant or even before you have kids because that could be like a never-ending conversation again like if you're thinking like this is a person that I want to have children with start really getting the process started of what your family values are going to be because that can you know cause like you were saying like resentment just disagreement in general and if you're going into it thinking like oh we have the same family values and that's not the case like it could yeah kind of create absolutely yeah absolutely and that's why I mean yes I I could work with people premarital but um that's why I work with toddlers is because I want to catch people even though they may have already established some kind of bad habits or you know not being on the same page I want to catch them early so that we can get them on the right page and take that causes a lot of stress that then is going to affect your your children's behavior. So if we can catch you early, set this foundation, that's going to go all the way through, you know, they graduate high school. Yeah. So for us personally right now, our daughter, when she doesn't like to hear that she's not allowed to do something, if we're setting a boundary of sorts and everything, she, you know, like sticks out her tongue and she'll like blow raspberries kind of like in our face and like we've just like never seen this happening before like have no idea like where it's coming from like we've never I guess mimicked that or or did something I get are there like typical things that like children are just naturally going to do that are unavoidable and you know like what are some of those things that it's just kind of like all toddlers go through these stages? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Yeah. All of this stuff is typical. Hitting, kicking, biting, pinching, pulling hair, spitting, all, all the things. All of it is typical. Throwing toys. It is them figuring out one. Sometimes they're just experimenting of like, how does this feel to toss the toy? You know, like gravity, you know, oh, it drops down and it makes a big noise. Some of it is ex- it, uh, learning how to express their emotions. So they hit, feels good to just get it out or they just experiment. 
And then a lot of times there's a big reaction. So, you know, a, a sibling says, ow, you know, and explodes. And that can be really reinforcing um, to get that big reaction. Sometimes there's not a big reaction. And with my own kids, I, I knew all this was typical and I knew how to handle it. But it doesn't mean that they never did it again. It's still typical. I mean, my son went through a biting phase um, whenever he was mad because he had language, but not a ton of language. And it wasn't that he had learned to bite anywhere, but he tried it out. And again, it's like a very natural thing. And he found it quite reinforcing. And so I had to kind of like catch the triggers and be able to then give him an alternate way to communicate. So I always say commute or behavior is not bad. There's no behavior that's bad. It's just communication. And that is what so much of my um, education on toddler behavior strategies is, is like teaching. These are appropriate developmentally typical toddler behaviors. Here is how we teach more appropriate responses. Um, Because, you know, they might be biting because they're mad. So we want to teach them a different way to communicate that they're mad. But even adults don't always (laughs) communicate in the most appropriate way. I was going to say, how have you kind of seen working with parents and maybe, you know, they don't know how to control an emotion or, you know, like they're getting frustrated and yelling back, like, you know, their kids doing something and then it just escalates because now they're yelling and throwing stuff and how much of it is, you know, you were saying like 70% is like parent behavior. Like what can we do to really be working on ourselves? to help calm those tantrums. Yeah. So that's where, when I talk about the 70%, it's looking at mom guilt because mom guilt affects your actions. And I can talk more about that. Looking at burnout, because if you are burned out and you are overstimulated and you are just having that feeling of like you're about to explode all the time, It's really hard to be super consistent and to be calm when your toddler melts down. And again, meltdowns and tantrums are totally, typically, developmentally appropriate. Um, So we know that. (laughs) We know that those things are going to happen and being able to take care of ourselves. Um, And again, that's why that's, I say, roughly 70%. So I work a lot with moms, um, especially moms, on self-care and making sure when I talk about self-care, I'm not talking about like a monthly manicure appointment. I'm talking about really recharging consistently so that you are able to show up for your kids in that calm way and taking that recharging time without guilt. Because if you're sitting there taking your time and you're full of guilt, it's probably not going to recharge you. Um, So a lot of it is proactive strategies for parents, again, especially moms, um, so that they can then respond calmly to these typical behaviors. What is one of your favorite ways for self-care? Two. I have two main ways. Number one, every single morning I get up before my kids and I drink a cup of coffee alone in a quiet house. And that is the minimum I do. If I do nothing else, that is what I do. And like 15 minutes alone before my kids wake up to like wake up and just like not wake up to like, mommy, 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 I want, you know, all the, all the like overstimulation that happens. Um, so that's number one. 
Number two is going to the gym. So for me, I have anxiety and I know that working out is the number one thing that helps with my anxiety. Um, So I try to work out, you know, four or five days a week. Um, And those things we prioritize as a family. So my husband and I work together to make sure those things happen because he knows that I'm going to be a much more pleasant person to be around and I'm going to be a much better mom if I have those two things. Yeah. But it's a team effort. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, waking up before your kids is definitely something that's helpful. And um, right now we're still in the, I guess like almost still, it's like the infant stage. But when you're still kind of getting up in the middle of the night, when are you getting up before them? So it's like they're still waking you up and you're still having those like night feedings or, or just like soothing them back to sleep and everything. And I think it's such a difficult time to really kind of get through when they're still doing that. But I think like remembering that there are ways and you still can like find like a maybe, you know, seven o'clock is like official get up time. So just like knowing that that's coming, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, yes, the, when, when it's the infant stage and you're just trying to get sleep, I totally get that. I've obviously been there. Um, and my kids are 19 months apart. So, you know, it was, it was pretty intense for a little bit. But in those times, I would, you know, at, at the baby's nap time, I would put a show on for my daughter. And I don't love to use TV, but you know what? I also don't love to lose it as a mom. Um, and I know that taking care of my, my mental health has to be my top priority. So if that means that sometimes she watches a 20-minute TV show while I sit quietly, then that's how I get it done. Because um, I am a full-time stay-at-home mom, um, very limited childcare, um, so I gotta make those things happen where I can. And again, doing that in a recharging way without guilt, even though I don't love her watching a bunch of TV, I'm making a conscious choice to let her so that I can take care of myself. Yeah, I think that's great. What would you say is your favorite, maybe like one or two strategies that you really try to implement? in most of the families that you work with that you see to be really effective? Yeah, good question. Um, I would say the biggest thing I work on is increasing listening. And I do that by having parents get really, really intentional with what they are asking. And so I teach them to ask themselves two questions before they give their toddler a direction. So number one is, do I really care about this in this moment? Um, And so what I mean by that is like, if your toddler is jumping on the couch and you don't really like them to jump on the couch, but you're sick and you're laying on the other couch and you really don't want to get up or you're just tired because you've been up all night nursing a baby or whatever it is, do you really care about it in that moment enough that you are going to, number two, get up and physically follow through with the instruction. So number two is, can I physically follow through? So again, if you are changing another child's diaper or you're in the middle of cooking breakfast or you're on the phone or whatever it is, can you actually go follow through and help the child get off the couch or you know, whatever it is? And a lot of times there are directions, like if your child is hitting another child, no matter what, you're probably going to care about that and you're probably gonna physically follow through, right? And so kind of thinking of everything as this like 
high priority enough that you're going to go and follow through with it so that your child learns when you say something, you actually mean it. And when I'm talking about toddler listening, I'm not doing it from like the perspective of compliance or like, you know, I'm the boss and you got to do whatever I say. But more so, I see so many parents feeling so burnt out because they're nagging constantly and they're asking 10 times and then they're yelling and then their toddler is melting down and then they feel guilty. And it's this whole thing. And it turns into parents not wanting to go out in public and not wanting to do stuff and because it's just, it's not fun. And so if we can teach toddlers to listen, which means really addressing our own behavior as parents, then we can have so much more fun with our kids, which I think most parents would say that they want is to actually enjoy their toddlers more. Yeah, that's probably the biggest thing I teach. I would say that also this like really intentional asking your toddlers or being really intentional about what you're asking your toddlers is also the number one way to decrease tantrums because what it means is that when you are setting that when you're asking them to do something and you're setting a boundary, you're staying calm versus like asking your toddler something 10 times and each time you ask you're getting more and more stressed out and then you're blowing up and then they're going to respond to that. So it allows you to show up really calmly with a really clear boundary. So that's like really the biggest thing I teach um and it just allows for so much more calmness. And then it allows you to validate your toddler's feelings when they do have a meltdown. Because again, toddlers are going to meltdown. Do you have anything else that we haven't talked about yet that you really would like to emulate or you know, something uh, that you wish you would have known when you were first entering motherhood? As far as like the partnership, I wish I had known. And again, I was able to catch it fairly early on. But I think that would be the biggest thing I could tell new parents or, you know, even parents of toddlers is to give your partner a chance to one, figure it out on them on their own, and two, to make their own mistakes. Um, Because that is how people learn. That's how we all learned as mothers. Um, And I think sometimes fathers are not or other partners are not always given that chance. And what we did when when this issue came up for us was to say, I was only allowed to provide feedback if it was a safety issue or if my husband asked. It was quite difficult (laughs) because there were many times and there are still times where I really want to give feedback and I um, probably need to work on that still. (laughs) Um, But I think that's probably been like the biggest thing for our relationship that's then, you know, the trickle down effect of that is huge. Awesome. Where can we reach you and get in contact with you and everything like that? Yeah, so I am everywhere. I'm on all all social media. Um, I'm on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook, and it's at Joyful Toddler Parenting. And then my website is JoyfulToddlerParenting.com. And email is Sarah at JoyfulToddlerParenting.com. I post a ton on social media so parents can really get to know everything on there. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you so much for, you know, coming and sharing your story and really just some advice on how we can, you know, navigate the toddler tantrums and and just really get to, you know, finding that self-care and and feeling joyful in parenthood. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me. 
Well, this wraps up another episode of the Entering Motherhood podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review us wherever you are listening because that helps the show grow and expand so that other mamas can learn information on how to heal and navigate in motherhood. Thank you so much for listening. It means so much to me. And be sure to subscribe so that you can listen to the latest episodes of the Entering Motherhood podcast. See you later, mamas.